0: Block Talk Radio.
1: Are you tired of being sheep? Well so is he. Get a friend, get informed, and get involved. It's We're Not Cattle Radio.
2: All right, a little bit of technical difficulties. Hopefully my intro music played. Thank you for joining me, everyone. It is We Are Not Cattle Radio. Had some Skype issues there in a moment. Um, we will be joined by Adam Kokesh in probably about 10 minutes. So until Adam calls in, um, I'm actually going to play some, just, um, some interesting stuff, and if I can get him... In the next couple of minutes, I will um, I'll go ahead and pull them up. But um, I'm going to play two back-to-back clips for everybody um, if you just want to check in from time to time on the feed. Or you can actually just enjoy these uh, two audio clips. When Adam calls in, we will start the interview. I think we got them for half an hour, so it should be good stuff. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. You're listening to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I'm your host, Jake Counts, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. If you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter. We are not cattle. The uh, number one. You can check out the website WeAreNotCattle.net, Not and you can also follow me on YouTube. Um, we are not cattle TV. So here's the first clip. Enjoy, and as soon as we got Adam on the line, I will end the clips and we'll start the interview.
3: If I were the devil, if I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness. And I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree. V. So I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of the serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth, I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in And I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day. 1918, 2009. He recorded that back in 1993.
2: Sorry for the delay there, guys. We're having some issues that should clean up here in a bit. Here's some more, um, some more audio clips until we get Adam online.
4: Incest was practiced by ancient Egyptian royalty. Mothers married sons and brothers married sisters to keep the power and the money all in the family. Like their pharaonic ancestors, the British monarchy have a long history of incestuous inbreeding.
1: Even in Genesis, we have one version of this but you find this all over the world in every culture. As the Bible says in Genesis, there were giants on the earth in those days, or in the earth as it puts it, and also after that, where the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them. The same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. These hybrid bloodlines this interbreeding produced the kings and queens and the elite royal families of the ancient world where they claim their right, their genetic right to be the king or the queen or the leader because of their connection to the gods. And um, all over the world you find this. And, and what do we have today? We have the queen as head of state of this country purely because of her DNA. In Sumer, you find the same. Sumer, which became Babylon, which um, became Iraq, um, has ancient texts and tablets which describe the same recurring global story of this interbreeding to create this hybrid race. The hybrid race became known as the demigods, part human, part god, because of this um, interbreeding connection this hybrid bloodline went off across the world, up into northern Europe. It became the power behind the Roman Empire and the creation of the Roman Church, which became, of course, global Christianity. Much more about that uh, as we go along. Uh, And everywhere it went, it became the the royal bloodline, the, the elite bloodline, the one that became the leaders and the kings and the queens and also the, the, the people in charge behind the scenes. And it interbred with other um, such bloodlines in northern Europe to, the, to become the royal families and aristocratic families of Europe. And so today, these hybrid bloodlines are known as the Illuminati, the illuminated ones, and they're the ones that control the transnational corporations, governments, the banking system, the whole shebang that um, dictates and uh, controls the direction of society.
4: I'm sorry, but I don't want to be an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible, Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines, you are not cattle, you are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate. Only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers... A world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite!
2: Still one of my all-time favorite speeches. So if you guys are just tuning in, we're waiting to get Adam pulled up here on Skype. He was uh, just wrapping up an interview with Alex Jones a few minutes ago. But we're gonna get into. Um, I'm gonna cover the waterfront with him. I know he's probably been bombarded about the march and and um, you know what his what his experience was like in prison. And I was watching the interview with Alex, and I've seen a couple of interviews that he's done. It was um, it was pretty it was pretty interesting to see um, to see somebody understand you know their rights and what they what they can do and what they do and don't have to do and just, you know, just understanding that he was in the right the entire time and, and not succumbing to anything, failure to process, failure to cooperate and, you know, and then as he was leaving, oh, it was really funny, I hope they'll talk about this too, they actually give him a couple of citations, <laughs> like, like, here you go, You're like, here, here's these, you need. we need you to, you know, we need you to sign these and then, um, and then sign. You know, this is to get your stuff, and then we're going to need you to sign these citations, too. (laughs) Yeah, I'll just walk out with these. How's that? I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. So he should be pulling up here in any moment. I've been kind of in conversation with him and and Daryl pretty much all day and just seeing what's going on. But um, I know that their world has been just absolutely turned upside down in the last uh, week and a half, but for a good thing. I mean, this is – you know this is the kind of exposure people in the liberty movement need. We we need the the people that understand that we are fighting for for liberty, which is what our founders always told us to fight for. They they said that you know you need an informed populace to keep these people on a short leash or else government government will run crazy. I mean it's just and what you see from us, and I talked about this a little bit last night, the decadence in our society reminds me a lot of ancient Rome and the collapse. And I want to get his parallels to that. Because when Rome started to really decline, they had they had areas and years where there was some really, really crazy stuff going on where like would they would um they would have the um, I can't remember if it was like a daily issuance or whatever. But there would be like a daily decree where the where I, I don't think it was um I don't think it was Pompey I think it was um is it Crassus no anyway I'll look it up before he gets on but um but they had their their first their first real dictator before Caesar who was a dictator to you know quote reinstitute the republic because uh, it got a little out of control with the favors and everything so they actually used to have signs posted every morning where you would go into the town square and then there would be there would be rewards for um bringing these people's heads on a platter and not on a platter but literally bringing this person's head so if you went into the township and the towns uh, outside of the city of Rome the, the the Roman citizenry always lived very lavishly and they were very upscale and then when you moved outside of the citizenry, most of the citizens just wanted to be part of Rome. They wanted to be um, a member of that specific group. They wanted to be Roman citizens. And so you would always have the the, the populace or the, um, the one that would represent the people would always come and say that, "That's what they're going to do. That's going to be your goal. I am going to make you all Roman citizens," and they would all get excited but what they would do in this in the dark times they would actually have the list up there and people would if you would just walk up and your name would be on the list by the time that you would turn around and start making your way back to your residence you were probably killed because there wasn't a lot of money to go around and so that's how they actually people would survive is just basically everybody is turned into a mercenary and everybody's a hitman but you see that draw similar parallels now, but it's, it's very – it's not as in your, phrase, in, in your face. Hold on one second. I think I'm getting him right here. Okay, I think I was just on hold there. That's absolutely great. I've been talking for like the past 10 minutes, so I'm going to add this guy to the call. Forgive me, everyone. It's been an interesting last few minutes. Sorry about that, everyone, if you're dropping off. Um, We're going to get him pulled up right now. Okay, Adam, we got you. Loud and clear. Uh, sorry about the confusion, man. Everybody, ladies and gentlemen, um, without further delay, Adam Kokesh from the Adam versus the Man podcast. Adam, thanks for coming on board, man. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. Hey, um, like I, we were just chatting before offline that uh, I was watching your interview on Alex Jones, and I think that, that was a very good thing that you tried to get him to to see what, what you're really trying to accomplish with the march. And, um, you know, before we get into everything with the march and stuff, I just wanted to uh, to do a reset for everybody. So let's. I want to hear it from your perspective about what happened on that day. You know, I, I was talking to. Um, I, I'm friends with Daryl, as you know. We and I've had him on the show. And we were kind of talking about how the setup of the event was, and it was a little bit, you know, precarious, seeing all the the fencing and everything around. And you guys even had a discussion about. You know, is this something that we should even do? So so start from the beginning and talk about all the way through the actual event itself about you getting, you know, accosted by the guys in costumes. You know, what it um what transpired on that day.
0: Well I guess it has to start with the history of the event that this was smoke down prohibition five. We had Mm -hmm. done this four times before Mm -hmm. with no intervention and, and no violent assaults whatsoever. And it was kind of out of the blue, but they had put up fences around the area, around the, the free speech zone, mm-hmm. in front of Independence Hall. And, uh, you know, it was it was a pretty clear setup. They, when when we decided it was time to light up at 420,
4: mm-hmm.
0: they rushed into the crowd after someone else that had already lit up. And I didn't have anything on me. I think this mm-hmm. is where they, they went wrong. And one of the ways, they assumed that I would have weed on me, and I, I, I didn't that time. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, as much by by coincidence as anything, and I not had my wallet on me deliberately, but uh, I'm really glad I was ready in this case, Mm -hmm. because what they did is they charged through the crowd, uh, charged past me, as as even the the affidavit said, pushed past me Mm -hmm. to get to someone who had lit up, Mm -hmm. and uh, in the course of doing that, deliberately brushed past me, Mm -hmm. grabbed me under my arm, and you know, I put my hands up and and, and try to step away, but was being pulled in to to this uh, takedown. Right. And then one of the officers decided that because his hand got stuck in my armpit as he mm-hmm. grabbed me, that I was assaulting him, and he tried to tackle me. And, and as you can see from the video that we just released, uh, exclusive Adam Kokesh arrest footage, uh, damning footage uh, that shows how I was set up by the feds. You can see from all the different camera angles. Mm-hmm. Uh, how ridiculous the the, the assault charge uh, against me was, mm-hmm. but that's what makes it a little worrisome when you step back and consider this that you know that, that I was set up and they tried to frame me. I mean, it was there's there's no other way around it because right. I ended up being charged with a felony, assaulting, resisting, and impeding a, a federal officer.
2: Now, one of the things that Daryl and I kicked back and forth around, and this is just me being a you know a conspiracy theorist, you know, not trusting known liars. But um, sure. we were we were looking at it as a as a methodology or a way that if they were going to set you up and charge you with a felony, that it was a way to to keep you. You know, obviously, if you're a convicted felon, you can't do an open carry march on um, across the Washington Bridge or the the um, I can't remember what the name of memorial, the memorial. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. But. We we saw that as a way to kind of you know stonewall you from not leading the march, and then as we we got into the dialogue, it it, it wasn't so much about you know about you leading the march, as it about the everybody getting together, and and now the march has morphed into this thing that you know when I first read the the statement, and I would actually like for you to read the statement so we can hear it again, because it, it does sound a lot better when when you say it with your enunciation as opposed to if you just read it off the screen. But when I first heard it, I was like, oh, this sounds kind of crazy. Is he calling for an armed march on every on every capital? But then after reading it a couple of times, I was like, no, he's calling for the real restoration and talking about the defunding by getting the governors to all come together in a governor's council and say, hey, we need to start defunding this fraudulent system. So you got the floor, man.
0: When a government has repeatedly and deliberately failed to follow its own laws, violated the fundamental human rights of its citizens, threatened the sanctity of a free press, created institutions intended to eliminate privacy of communication, waged war at the behest of special interests that threatens the public safety, killed hundreds of children with drone strikes, imprisoned and destroyed the lives of countless individuals for victimless crimes... Stifled economic opportunity to maintain the dominance of the financial elite, stolen from the people through an absurd system of taxation and inflation, sold future generations into debt slavery, and abused its power to suppress political opposition. It is unfit to exist, and it becomes the duty of the people to alter or abolish that government by whatever means necessary to secure liberty and ensure peace. A new American revolution is long overdue. This revolution has been brewing in the hearts and minds of the people for many years, but this independent state shall take a new form as the American Revolutionary Army will march on each state capital to demand that the governors of these 50 states immediately initiate the process of an orderly dissolution of the federal government through secession and reclamation of federally held property. Should one whole year pass from this July 4th while the crimes of this government are allowed to continue We may have passed the point at which nonviolent revolution becomes impossible. The time to sit idly by his past, to remain neutral, is to be complicit. Just doing your job is not an excuse, and the line in the sand has been drawn between we, the people, and the criminals in Washington, D.C. While some timid souls will say that it is too early, that we can solve this problem through democratic means provided by government, that current levels of taxation are reasonable for the services provided, and that the crimes of this government are merely a tolerable nuisance, it may already be too late. While there is risk in drastic action, the greater danger lies in allowing this government to continue unchallenged. So, if you are content with the status quo, stay home, get fat, watch the fireworks from a safe distance, and allow this Independence Day to pass like any other. But if you see as we see and feel as we feel, we will see you on the front lines of freedom on July 4th, 2013, for this, the final American Revolution.
2: See, it sounds so much better when you say it. My internal voice sounds like a little child. It does, it's really funny. But, um, yeah. How? Now you were in when when you when you wrote that. Were you in solitary? Is that what they put you in? No. When no. Well, were we processed? were we were in the special housing unit, but
0: fortunately, they put uh, myself and Mr. Poe together. I, I mm-hmm. suppose they wanted to listen in on our conversations, but mm-hmm. we we were uh, we were aware of that from the beginning. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, now, when you guys wrote that, how long did that take you to write? Is that something you just did, like compiled over a couple of days, or is it just an epiphany to you to just say, I have got to get all this down on paper? Because that's what kind of happens to me sometimes is you'll get in, and I'm sure you experience this as well, being in radio and, and, and doing writing and stuff, is that you get into this kind of a zone, and then it just flows. Is that what happened, or was it kind of a couple of writes, rewrites in order to get the, the concise thought out there? Well, it was it was an epiphany, That hit me
0: when I realized that the government had already escalated their tactics by arresting me, by by framing me, and that it it made me very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. doing something as as significant as the open carry march on Washington Mm -hmm. if they were willing to initiate force against someone simply for organizing this. And I thought an appropriate way for us to escalate our tactics in – And, you know, in in parallel would be to make this open source and and distributed across all 50 state capitals where people can engage in whatever civil disobedience, you know, they 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 feel is appropriate. But I want to point out that what we're really doing here is saying that that let's do things the easy way, let's do things the peaceful way, because if we don't do this. You know, what we're facing with the inevitable collapse of the United States federal government is going to be far worse. Mm -hmm. If if we don't come out now and start changing the conversation to say, look, we're better off without the federal government than we are with it, Mm -hmm. then what we're going to find is is, is the end of America that that comes from delusion and having your your head buried in the sand. But if enough people wake up in time, then, then we don't have to face that. We don't have to face that collapse. But you know, in a way, I feel kind of like a, a sleazebag politician here. And if you know the old saying, you know, when, when you see a, a riot, jump in front of it and call it a parade. And in a way, what I'm talking about is really not that revolutionary. It right. is already happening. Mm-hmm. It is just a matter of do we do it deliberately and acknowledge the, the situation that we're in, mm-hmm. or do we continue to, to, to be in denial about the state of America
2: and, and the federal government? I, mean, I think that a lot of it has to do with, and I'm sure that you've seen this before. Have you seen Have you seen the videos of the the terrorist attack over in the UK? I'm sure you've seen those where the guy was chopping people up with um, the hatchet and the machete and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So here's what concerns me, and this is just me thinking out loud. What concerns me is that you have a general population all around the world that has been conditioned through, and you touched on this earlier, but I really want to get into this because this is what fascinates me. You have a general population that is raised about the time you and I are – I'm 35. You're about 31. You're 31, right? 31. Yeah, they said you were 41 in the police report. They're just trying to make you look old. Yeah, really. (laughs) So – but what happened was you start to see these people, and they obviously witness somebody get attacked and and just get beheaded right in the middle of the street, and nobody does anything. So what concerns me is that, yes, we have a bunch of – we have a bunch of internet activists, and this is what I try to, to preach to my audience a lot. Don't be an internet activist and then just think that your job is done. You have to actually physically yes. show up. You have to physically be there. Show physical presence. And what scares me is that we have a public that is that is engaged in a virtual sense, but when you look at it in a, in a true physical sense, they become they become scared. Now, this coming from a country that that had a bunch of founding fathers that were taking on the largest, most diabolical empire that has ever existed, and they ended up winning. What would those founding fathers look at our public now and say? I mean, do they look at us and think that we're a bunch of chicken, you know what? Or do they look at us and say, you guys just need the right kick in the butt, and and this might be the right kick in the rear?
0: Well, I think that's what's so exciting about uh, taking a bold stand like this Is you really expose all the false prophets Of freedom who are going out there saying Yeah, the founders are great, they're awesome They wouldn't mm-hmm. put up with this stuff, they would fight back they, they raised arms And they, and then they go, oh my god, Adam Kokesh Wants to, to dissolve the federal government um, No, we can't do that, that's scary They're going to come after us,
2: and it's like, hey, they already have Yeah, they already spy on you, dude I mean, that's what I tell people, I'm like, listen you know, they've been spying on you for 10 years, and, and everybody asked me, they're like, aren't you afraid of putting this stuff on Facebook? I'm like, dude, they know who we are. They're not dumb. I'm like, you know, this is the kind of stuff that if you band together, if you band together – I mean, the march on Monsanto here in Atlanta, got about 1,500 people, and the paper reported it, 1700, 700. As usual, they're going to underestimate something that's going to be of you know, vital significance. But if you guys will march for Monsanto, a stupid corporation, why won't you march on a a government flying a flag in your name, droning people, killing people, and now talking about invading a nation that has not done anything to anybody? At what point – and what's really exciting to me is that, Adam, I think that everybody under the age of 40 – and especially the younger generation. You touched on this earlier. I talk to a bunch of people when I'm out at restaurants and stuff like that, especially teenagers. Almost all of them proclaim themselves as libertarians, and it's exciting for me to see that because they have broken through that – that the bipartisan wall, if you will, yes. of seeing if, how fraudulent both of these systems are, and it's like – Oh, well, Barack Obama was funded by Wall Street. And like, oh, Mitt Romney's financial advisor was the, the head of the World Bank. I mean, come on. At, at the end of the day, we need to do something that's going to galvanize the public. And I think that this is going to do it. Now, we just have to get the, the traction out there and, and the people. The, the big thing is the people. And I think that that's what you're trying to do with this. Now, how are you guys organizing this march? I mean, do you yeah. have people in each state or how is it, how is it being organized?
0: Yeah, we have a national coordinator so that people can step up and ensure that efforts aren't being duplicated, and there's kind of an official point person, at least, as a coordinator, or facilitator for each state. And for people that that want to get involved that way, I really encourage it. There there are also Facebook events for each state event separately, as well as several territories. So... um, the uh, coordinator is Jeffrey Phillips, and you can get him at jeffrey j e f f r e y at versus the man dot com uh, to to get involved locally and this is a, This is a really great opportunity to start reaching out with some of these important ideas about what do we actually do to get out of the situation mm. and for everybody that attacked the idea of an open carry march, not a single one of them said oh." The government's a good idea. You really shouldn't challenge the government at all. Like the overthrow of the government, that's a bad idea. We love the federal government. You know, nobody Mm -hmm. said that. Well, now it's time to actually step up because I'm asking for the individual risk to be a lot less. But people were doing this anyways. People were already stepping up and Mm -hmm. were holding events in solidarity with what we had planned for D.C. Mm -hmm. So – I hope that people take this as an opportunity not just to to get to that critical mass and and to galvanize the public. As you say, I I think we're a ways off from that, Jake. Mm -hmm. But if nothing else, I I really do believe that this Independence Day, to start the final American Revolution in this form with an eye towards the dissolution of the federal government… Will begin with a changing of the conversation And just by asking that question It's not do you want America to end It's how do you want America Mm -hmm. to end Do you want it to end with your head in the sand And with a danger and violent collapse Of a government going through its death throes Or do you want an orderly, peaceful disillusion and an assertion of your rights as an individual to happen through an orderly process? And I I think this is going to really radically alter the conversation because so many people have given up on this idea that we're going to fight back government by fighting one issue at a time or that we're going to battle for Mm -hmm. every inch while the government takes a mile behind our backs. Mm -hmm. And and as you pointed out, the younger generation – Really gets this when when they see holy crap I just turned eighteen and my share of the federal debt is over fifty thousand dollars you got to be kidding me mm-hmm. and they face all of these problems of of, of how much of, of their income goes towards government when they had no say in it whatsoever and and it is in a sense of very much a youth oriented revolt as the youth say we are not going to pay for the mistakes of our parents we are going to fix them.
2: Now was it Thomas Jefferson that said that that each that each generation should be responsible for its own debt? I can't remember who said that. Well, he
0: also said that, that we should have a revolution with every generation.
2: Absolutely. And and whether it's whether it's peaceful, violent, what have you. I think that you like what you're trying to do here is you're not trying to promote violence. And that's what I tried to explain to people where they said that, hey, this armed march on Washington is not a good idea. And I said the fact that you can say that to me already makes me believe that it is a great, a great idea. idea. An essential idea. Right. You're, you're terrified of your government. And when the when the government fears the people, there is liberty. When the people fear the government, there is tyranny. So like you said, it's either – it's either you choose the route of the 7,000 armored vehicles and the two billion bullets for civil unrest, or you choose this route and just go and, and show a civil disobedience, show your complete disdain for the federal government and the way that they're behaving, and waving our flag all over the world as they as they bomb innocent people and, and attack, you know, nations that haven't attacked anybody. So, what do you? Now there's a here's a philosophical question for you because I heard you and Alex talking about this and I always had this question too. How do we get from is there a way that we we transition from a a a restoration like he calls it the restoration of the republic and I would see it as a as a defunding of the federal government but keeping it in place for like you said civil def- like defense and stuff like that that's one thing that i would i would say is okay so how do we transition even if we did get to this point where everybody knows that the government's criminal and we're going to at least defund it do we make the leap to true volunteerism or do we have a reinstitution of the of the federal government and then slowly wean it towards volunteerism is it just the big leap, or do we or do we go in in steps what do you what do you see happening, or what do you think of the best method is I think it's
0: really both and it, it it happens concurrently and and which happens first is in a way irrelevant because it's already happening that, that, that people are waking up mm-hmm. and if if you see it as as part of a, a larger continuum it, it helps put it in perspective but we will recognize how and when certain mechanisms of governance have reached a sort of uh, you know public critical mass of, of of understanding as to their their detrimental effects
4: mm-hmm.
0: and and that being the case more people will be waking up as a result so i, I think you're going to have kind of a cascading effect mm-hmm. as, as more people embrace voluntarism but it, it's going to take, uh, you know, it, it's going to happen along with the mechanisms of government being dissolved. So there's, there's, there, I, I, they go, it, it, they're not separate or independent processes as much as uh, parallel processes.
2: Okay, great. Because, the way that I was kind of understanding it is that it was going to be a a great leap forward, no pun intended, right there, a great leap forward as opposed to um, as opposed to a a kind of a, a planned simultaneous tactical, you know, defunding of the federal government, rise in liberty, and then moving towards volunteerism. And is that what you're kind of pushing with with this um, at least ideology that that we're trying to get across to people?
0: Right and and even if all of a sudden everybody woke up and said oh we're voluntarists now you know we don't want to uh you know we don't want to impose our will on anybody else by force ever we still find ourselves in the world of of the daily routines of the status paradigm mm-hmm. and where so many people are dependent for their very livelihood sure. on specific m- mechanisms of that and and I don't want to pull the rug out from underneath anybody mm-hmm. so really we, we have to 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 do this in an an orderly, peaceful way, or it's going to be a lot more painful. And then you have vacuums. And the way to avoid the vacuums is to, as you're doing this, and this is not like we have any choice, this is Mm -hmm. how it's happening, is to ensure that people are asserting their self-ownership and that that is what fills the power vacuum, is people leading their own lives and saying, I am going to be in charge of myself now. I don't need to be a slave. I don't need to be a part of a herd Mm -hmm. or a member of the collective. And that's what fills the power vacuum. If you just have the mechanisms come apart, then you know, oftentimes you, you, you will have some backlash.
2: Oh, yeah, or you end up like Egypt, and you have an overthrow of that government, and then you have the Muslim Brotherhood in here, and now they're twice twice as worse off as they were right. before we went in there. So I understand what you're saying about the power back. Democracy.
0: Go ahead. Go ahead. That was the problem with calling for democracy. They wanted democracy, and they got exactly
2: what they asked for. Yeah, you got, you got mob rule. Congratulations. Great work, guys. But um, it's one of those things that – I think that this July 4th should be, and, and everybody should mark it on your calendar. If you're an activist, you've got no excuse to not go and participate in this, even to just show face. Because what this is going to show is, like Adam and I were alluding to before, you're going to have those people that are, that are scared. And, and rightfully so. Two billion bullets and a lot of armored vehicles is kind of scary, especially after you saw the kind of crap that they pulled up in Boston. You know, mm-hmm. That's kind of scary stuff. But at the end of the day, I think that you said this before. The scary thing is is what, we do, what happens if we don't stand up, if we don't start now with peaceful resistance and be visible, and that's the whole thing. The reason that Adam wasn't taken away by the feds and thrown in some dungeon somewhere and shipped off to Gitmo is because he's visible, and you had people there with cameras and just being yep. a presence. And that's where we need to take. And I know that you're friends with Luke Radowski. What do you think of him and what he did to Henry Kissinger that just came out today? Did you see that or a couple of days ago? Did you see
0: that? No, it's funny. I haven't seen it, but I just was interviewed by Luke who came to to visit me here at the studio Mm -hmm. and
2: uh, told me about it. So, yeah, I I understand that uh, he's still doing great work. Man, he is. It's just absolutely amazing. But that's the kind of stuff we need is we need citizen journalists everywhere and people like Adam that are going to be out on the front lines and I'll be out on the front lines here in Atlanta. I know that um, I have some questions here in the chat room um, about um, what do people do if if there's not a – is there anything going on in Florida? Is there anything going on here? But I think you guys can just direct those, and we'll give the name out at the end to Jeffrey Phillips at the end. And he'll kind of get you guys pointed in the right direction. But finishing up, what was the um, – now, you said that when you got processed and stuff like that, did you refuse processing at the beginning of the arrest? And and talk about all the different civil liberties violations because I know that you know the law really well. And um, how many different violations did you see out of your just circumstance that you went through? Oh, man. I'm, I still haven't even
0: started <laughs> the process of hiring a lawyer to do the counting for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty obscene, and not just in the in the detention process. And I did refuse to cooperate in a number of different ways. But I think next time I'm going to actually step it up. And I think this should be a uh, practice for all political activists. If you're arrested,
2: make it as hard as possible, and go limp and mute, mm-hmm. as and soon just as, make as, it as make as it as as expensive for them as possible, and just non compliance the whole way through. So give people some examples because you've you've been. You've been arrested and detained a couple of times, so give people some examples of what they can do to make it a a little bit more um, challenging for the guys in
4: costumes.
0: Well, I mean, just not giving your name or your birth date or any information, not having ID on you if you have ID on you, they can uh, detain you and then cite you or even put you out on bail based on that information mm-hmm. and uh, you know you're, you're pretty well legally screwed at that point but if you if you remain silent, exercise your right and you don't have any identifying information on you, it puts them in a much more difficult situation now you take a certain risk with this of course. and you really do have to acknowledge that you're playing hardball and that's that's what i did and, and uh, you know I really got to thank everybody on the outside again who made it possible to execute that strategy with all the leverage behind it because if it wasn 't that much more difficult for them to keep me in prison, then my you know relatively small stuff on the inside would have been uh, you know would have would have just been ignored and they would have kept me in the hole but um, I, I refused to to uh, identify myself when uh, you know until they fingerprinted me, which they would have been able to do by force anyways. Mm-hmm. And I gave only identifying information. I refused to answer any of their questions. But when it came down to it, after the hearing Thursday, when uh, they were still charging me with a felony, uh, even though we'd exposed in court their testimony to be absurd, mm-hmm. uh, they were trying to – Get me out on bail with uh, absurd conditions that i wouldn't be able to arm my, to be armed to be in a house with firearms Same. or to be able to travel without permission
4: mm-hmm.
0: I said screw that i 'd rather stand and fight mm-hmm. than than let you make me a you know a quasi prisoner for right. uh, you know an indefinite amount of time. And because I refused to take a PPD shot, a, a tuberculosis test, I said it's against my religion to, ha- to to allow government agents to put needles in my body, and uh, I refused to take a DNA test, and I said it's okay, my DNA is just fine, it doesn't mm-hmm. need to be tested. They uh, they threatened to to strap me to my bunk and and perform those tests on me, and I, I played the God card on on one of these guys who was a Catholic and was mm-hmm. like, oh, so you're going to do this because. Politicians put words on paper. I hope that God forgives you. and I <laughs> got to But when, when when I refused to take bail, I was basically volunteering for up to 100 days in solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. They had me with NAPO because we had been arrested together, and we were both being held away from the general population. And because I had refused to take the PPD shot – they weren't allowed to house me with any other inmates. And, and for my own safety, I thought I was better off in that situation. Mm-hmm. And I was okay. I was resigned, you know, up to 30 days for an indictment, up to 70 days for a speedy trial. Mm-hmm. And I was fine. All right, you know, I'm, I'll do it. I'll sit here. I'll, I'll, I'll write my book. I'll, I'll write letters. I'll be fine. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really not that bad. I was in combat. You know, it's, you're not going to scare me with this. <laughs> and and, and, and the, the strategy worked better. Than I could have possibly imagined, because you know the, the very next day I, w- I was just like in solitary for another twelve, sixteen hours, and they just banged on the hatch, and uh, hey, you're leaving, and I was at the back of my head going, wait a second, this is this is the part where I go to a CIA facility, <laughs> but no, they just uh, you know showed me the door and unceremoniously put you know put dumped me in the rain uh, in, uh, on a on the Philly sidewalk there. And as a, as a, as I was out, I had actually gone through almost all the out processing. Mm. And the last thing is they give you your personal effect, and it was the officer that was testifying against me, mm. who had to do it as the Park Service representative. And he put all my stuff on, uh, you know, on the table in front of me. And then he said, "Here, you're going to sign this form for this, and then you're going to sign these two citations." And I just laughed at him, and I said, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to sign those. Really, what are you going to do? Lock me back up? I'm not going to, I'm not going to pay, you know, pay a fine." For for or accept your citation for standing next to someone smoking pot because you mm-hmm. wanted to frame me. Mm-hmm. Give me a break. So I did. I refuse to sign them. They're null and void. I'm probably gonna burn them in front of the White House on June 8th. And it's important to point out we have another event coming up: Smoke Down Prohibition Joint Summit with President Chum just to underscore the hypocrisy of this government. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to be engaging in civil disobedience in, in front of the White House on Saturday, June 8th at 420. We we're asking people to gather at 3.30. And uh, there's information about that and, and more at adamversustheman.com slash calendar. But, uh, you know, that was it. We we just, uh, you know, I played hardball and I won. And N.A. And Poe, we found out just today because his strategy, and he was able to execute his strategy perfectly well, too. But his was, I'm going to get out of here with whatever conditions and I'm going to bend over and, and, you know, get bailed. So I, I don't have to be in prison.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, he got bailed, but you know, he's got to deal with all the conditions of that now and go through piss tests and he's not allowed to smoke pot and mm-hmm. all sorts of other stuff. So, uh, I, he He got a plea bargain uh offer today, and he rejected it and I want to say uh you know shout out to him for for standing up, but he also threatened a hunger strike when we were in there, which is probably why I got my phone call and i'm I'm just glad that it wasn't necessary for him to endure too much pain but yeah we
2: we stood our ground, and the government blinked because now, now how long did it so take clumsy. before you got your phone call? because that's the one thing that really, really aggravated me, not to say that it wasn 't aggravating enough to watch you know, somebody that I've associated with and somebody that I've, you know, done a little bit of work for get get drug off on just absolutely nothing. And when people ask me, they're like, Hey, what happened to Adam? What did he get arrested for? I'm like, he got arrested for standing next to somebody smoking pot. He got arrested for having a microphone in his hand. But the thing that really bothered me was that they wouldn't even give you a phone call. I'm sitting there I'm blowing up Daryl's phone. He's calling everybody and and we're like, has anybody heard from Adam? And calling your parents and they haven't heard from you. It was really a creepy time for us on the outside. But for you on the inside, what, what was it like just saying, hey, do I get my phone call? And they're like, uh, yeah, just sit there and hold tight.
0: Well, I mean, at, at some point, you know, you, you start to worry that maybe there's something really nefarious behind this. And, and I do want to kind of downplay the Mm -hmm. the significance of what happened and i got a good chance to talk with uh, luke radowski about this but Mm -hmm. you know what was it behind what happened i mean we know what physically happened we know what legally happened we know the we know the logistics of what transpired but you know we we know there were other federal agencies involved from the testimony of donald reed and we know that they were targeting me directly you know for what reason exactly you know i don't know was it was there a command from on high probably not you know mm-hmm. it was probably just all of these various factors conspiring and a couple of cops got out of control and 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 I ended up being the victim here sure. you know I was set up I was framed but you know I I don't believe I mean if if this is if this is the best they've got I mean I'm kind of insulted like I must not be that important <laughs> if these are the schmuck idiots they send after me because I know they've got way more capable people on payroll that could handle something like this mm-hmm. And and I don't think it was something you know as, as huge and nefarious as that, but it you know it, it was a very disturbing uh, arrest in and of itself because it was a, a pretty clear cut case of, of pro- political prosecution. Sure,
2: sure. And then at the end of the day, you looked at it and were just like, okay, so if this is if this is all you guys got, this isn't too much. But you know, looking back at the event. Looking back at the event and this, you know, you guys are obviously going to hold the next event outside. Um, would you do anything differently about, would you have canceled the event? I mean, obviously uh, hindsight's 2020. 20, but is this something that you believe just kind of solidified for everybody that's in the Liberty Movement about just how out of control these guys in costumes can be sometimes just to go in there? And the one thing, another thing that really kind of got me upset was the fact that there didn't need to be any violence involved in any of these arrests, and you saw people getting thrown to the ground. They tried to throw you to the ground, and my friend and I laughed that the cop wasn't strong enough to throw you to the ground. So yeah. so we thought that that was funny. Like, look at the cop trying to manhandle Adam, and he like, can't even get his arms behind his back. This is so funny. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, what do you what do you make of all this? Do you think that going back in, in hindsight that this was a, a positive thing for the liberty movement, kind of exposing how how government and people in costumes can really get out of control?
0: I hope so, but you know I haven't really seen a lot of that. I think uh, a lot of people are still scared, and to, to to certain degrees, or to a certain degree, rightly so. But mm-hmm. people have to get over it when they realize that being frightened doesn't accomplish anything, mm-hmm. and that the, staying frightened and being frozen in inaction is where the greatest danger is.
2: Oh, absolutely. So I know we got to wrap it up because I only I only got had you for a half an hour. So I, I want you to plug everything that you can plug in the next couple of seconds, so we can all get um so we can all get on the same page. And I think that one of the things that's going to really come out of this July 4th thing is that you're going to see. How individuals are going to come together, whether we all believe in the same thing or not, whether you're a libertarian, whether you're an anarcho-capitalist, whether you're a conservative, it doesn't really matter. What what you saw was absolute tyranny out in the open for people that were just trying to do something um, civil, you know, in civil disobedience, which you know I I think that eventually, hey, maybe we should mail the uh, the definition of civil disobedience to the uh, to the captain of the Washington DC police and then she can see what that really is instead of making her oh, statement <laughs> making her statement saying that if you walk over here even though the supreme court which you know rules on the constitution said that it's okay even if you do that you're still you can do civil disobedience as long as you don't break the law it's like um all right but uh, let's get all your stuff here and then we can uh, we can wrap it up and get you on your way cuz i know you got A ton of stuff on your plate, man.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I really appreciate it. But things are coming together here, and we're just so excited to see that there are people all over the country stepping up. I believe we have most states already covered with someone who's who's decided to take point. But we need more volunteers. We need to make sure that people are coordinating their efforts. So if people want to email Jeffrey, it's J-E-F-F-R-E-Y at com. For information about all the great events we've got coming up, it's adamversusthemancom slash calendar. And for people that want to support the show and, and what we got going on, uh, to donate to the Legal Attack Fund, because we will be <laughs> pursuing uh, whatever civil suits are, are, are available to us to, to hopefully beat back against this particular practice of targeting activists. Uh, it's Man.com slash invest. And if people want to get a hold of me directly, Adam at com. Awesome.
2: And everybody, I think that uh, another good idea would be for us to, to call your local, your local um, papers, your local news coverage, your local media, and explain to them what's going to happen on July 4th if you're going to be out there, because these media blackouts over things like Monsanto and what's going to happen on July 4th, that is just going to expose even further how corporations actually own our media, and once again, the news is not there to inform you. It is there to dictate to you what they want you to hear, and Adam fights with us all the time, and, and I appreciate him for coming on and, and sharing the message and sharing your story, man, and I'm just so glad to see you out and about and uh living to living to fight the other day but um one thing i had to ask you what um what happened to the big goatee man i i absolutely <laughs> missed that because that was the first thing that got me turned on to you i'm like here's a guy in a wife beater a shaved head and a goatee and he's just telling it like it is this guy's money what uh, happened to the goatee was it was it a um was it a tactical um image change for you i guess you could say that but
0: um you know it was also starting to gather food particles on a pretty regular basis <laughs> And uh, was 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 a bit more trouble than it's worth. But uh, I I do plan on retiring someday and and really seeing what I look like naturally. But until then, I uh, I will maintain a, a relatively neat and orderly appearance.
2: Well, I have the I have the I'm going to call it the libertarian beard too, because I think that everybody that I run into that's a libertarian <laughs> has this little. You know, five day to ten day old beard that they rock everywhere. So. Oh yeah, the we, we, the best part of the libertarian freedom movement is that we have better facial hair
0: than any political movement in America today.
2: Actually, I think we have the only facial hair because everybody else is you got to look sharp and you got to look clean and you got to be clean cut and be able to be dictative. But anyway, all kidding aside, man, thank you for all the work that you do. Thanks for coming on the show and uh, hey man, keep fighting for liberty out there. We're fighting here with you.
0: Thanks brother, appreciate
2: it. Yeah, take care, Adam. There he goes everybody, Adam from the Adam versus the Man podcast. Sorry I didn't get any of your questions. The guy that typed the question in about what he thinks about Rand Paul. He actually did an entire um uh dialogue on that, so you can go on his uh he can go on his YouTube channel and um and look it up cuz he did talk about how he does not uh, believe that Rand Paul shares the same sentiments as his father. His father sees himself as a pure volunteerist. Whereas Rand Paul believes that he can change things inside of the system. So thanks for joining me, everybody. Sorry for the um not being able to take any calls, but um we did have him on a time crunch. And I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Remember, you can follow me on Facebook at We Are Not Cattle, you can go to the website we are not and you can also follow me on Twitter at We Are Not Cattle the number one. And if you live in the Georgia area. You should be able to find me on July 4th right outside the Capitol with my sign being ready in support of the Adam versus the Man protest on uh, July 4th in front of your local state municipality. And as he said, for more details, you can either go to the Adam versus the Man forward slash calendar or you can email Jeffrey at J E F F R E Y at Adam versus the Man dot com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Get a friend, get informed, and get involved and let's change society. Take care.
4: In your